0: I'm founder of Media at Home, an aspiring communications professional with a passion for building a home full of grace and beauty. We live in a world where mass media penetrates deeper into the home today than ever before. By coming into the home, mass media is influencing what I see to be the most intimate parts of our lives. As men and women, it can be a great asset in our homemaking, but we must equip ourselves to be wise stewards of the media around us. Media at Home exists to cultivate a sense of media literacy within the home and help you to use media to your advantage in building your own home. Welcome to the Media at Home podcast. I'm your host, Abby, and today I have on with me a very good friend of mine, Mandy McGinn. Hello! Um, So Mandy is a mother to three young children whom she homeschools. She also works as a nurse, and um, in my eyes, she is amazing at all things homemaking. Um, She loves baking, and she's very good at caring for her family and serving her church and her community well. Um, Today, Mandy and I are going to be talking about some of the most influential media sources in the world right now, and that is the internet and social media. Pew Research published in December of 2022 shows that 93% of U.S. citizens report using the internet. 85% say they own a smartphone, and 72% say they use social media. What is even more striking is that for better or worse, 63% of global Internet users say that they are, quote, constantly online. Now, for ethical reasons, these statistics were um, taken for adults ages 18 and up. But to think that the high Internet and social media use isn't spilling over to and affecting our country's children would be a mistake. Digital media can influence how children and adults alike think, feel, and behave. These media can offer many benefits, but as we'll talk about, they can also come with a handful of risks. The Internet and social media affect our homes and children on so many levels, and it's important that we as homemakers think through how to best practice the use of these things in our homes and become media literate thinkers as we seek to use these media to our advantage. Before we begin, I just want to give a brief history of the Internet and social media for our context, Um, and my history is sourced from Stanley Buran's Introduction to Mass Communication book. Um, Baran points out that Barlow, the co-founder of Electronic Frontier Foundation, helped shape the world's vision for the Internet. His vision was, quote, we are creating a world that all may enter without privilege or prejudice accorded by race, economic power, military force, or station of birth. A world where anyone, anywhere, may express his or her beliefs, no matter how singular, without fear of being coerced into silence or conformity, end quote. And that was from about 1996. So, how did we get to this kind of global network envisioned by Barlow? It's widely accepted that the internet got its start as a tool for military use in the 1960s. Early computers, when they were first invented, were very large, um, sometimes even filling entire rooms, and they had much more minimal computing abilities than we have today. Um, But computers quickly developed after their original introduction. Computer scientists quickly realized the need for smaller, more practical personal computers that could be easily accessed by the average person, um, and they sought to open the Internet to be accessed by anyone and anywhere, rather than just in those offices where those big computers were held. Behind the development of the computers as we know them today are popular faces um, of Bill Gates, Steve Jobs, and Stephen Wozniak. These men were the pioneers of the personal computing revolution. In 2007, laptops for the very first time outsold desktop models. And by 2015, tablets outsold both laptops and desktops. Today, there is some type of computer with access to the Internet in nearly every American household. Stanley Baran describes the Internet as, quote, a massive network of networks, a networking infrastructure, connecting billions of computers across the globe, allowing them to communicate with one another, end quote. This massive database of information is accessed through what we know as the World Wide Web. Perhaps one of the greatest infrastructures of the Internet is that of social media or social networking sites. The social networking movement was launched in 1995 with the development of Classmates.com, a site originally developed to connect class members and colleagues. Um, I don't remember anything about Classmates. Um, Do you remember that, Mandy, Classmates.com? Nope. <laughs> no. Uh, but I'm sure some of our older listeners may. Um, but Classmates was quickly followed by other social networking sites such as LinkedIn, MySpace, and Facebook. Today there are other scores of social media, or there are scores of social media sites, some of which are general interest and others which target narrower communities with a specific interest. More than 4 billion people worldwide currently use social media, more than double the users of 2015. So that's a pretty big jump in the past, uh, what is that, like eight years here. Of those that use social media, the average time spent on social media site is two and a half hours a day. Um, and I did that math really quickly. If someone used social media from the ages of 16 to 70, that amounts to 5.7 years of their life using social media. So just from that brief history and those statistics, you can kind of see why Internet and social media are at least worth discussing in the homemaking sphere. Let's dive into the discussion, Mandy. Would you tell us just a little bit about yourself, your home and your homemaking endeavors as we open up here?
1: Yeah, thank you so much. Um, that was wow, that's overwhelming. A lot of information. But yeah, as you said, it's just so striking how quickly um, you know, things are developing and growing and then just becoming just second nature um to For us. Sure, yeah, I said earlier I have three kids. Um, we homeschool and have um, thus far um, my oldest is 13 and I have an 11 year old and an 8 year old and I do um, work here and as a nurse I'm um, usually just doing one shift a week so I'm very very thankful um, I feel like I have the best of both worlds being able to balance being um, you know I consider myself a stay at home mom but go um, do just a little bit to help um, financially um, mm. so we ha- uh been said we've done the homeschool thing since our kids were little and every year it's kind of a okay evaluate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is this still the best choice. Um and so far we think this is um what the Lord has for us and, and thankful to be able to have that opportunity. Um and uh just I just think like it's so it's such a it's such a gift that um, and it's not an easy one, but it's such a gift to be able to be like as a as a woman, as a mama, um, just to have that influential role in our home.
0: Yeah, and Mandy, could you tell us just a little bit about uh why you chose homeschooling for your kids, just briefly?
1: Oh wow, yeah, lots of things. <laughs> um, I guess I guess the primary. One, well, not even, I don't even know if I want to say primary, but many reasons. Um, One being, I just wanted my kids to be able to be kids. (laughs) And I feel um, from getting up early and getting on a bus or time in commute and time in classroom just takes up so much time of the day um, Mm -hmm. that isn't all just educational and academic. And so I wanted them to be able to go run outside and play and as I had a five-year-old boy and looking at him you know playing in the mud and climbing trees and doing those things that I think are important for um, any childhood I, I didn't want him sitting at a desk and um, right so I'm thankful that we have the flexibility to kind of offer some uh alternative, hey, you climb the tree and build a fort up there, and now here's your book, and you can read it up there. <laughs> and, uh, you know, let's practice our math facts while we're jumping on the numbers in the driveway and that sort of thing. Right. So it kind of evolved from there. Um, I I ha- know a lot of teachers in the public education system and respect so many of them greatly, so it's nothing against necessarily um, public schools, um, but I'm just thankful to be able to offer a more um individualized um and personalized um education for my kids, and also our faith is very important, and we want to be able to um you know teach them things of the Lord and talk about that when we sit when we rise and when we walk um, mm. and so um that gives us more of a chance to do that discipleship um in our home as well. Awesome. Well, I feel like that's a just by you telling us about your homeschooling,
0: that's a little glimpse into what your home is like. So thank you for that.
1: Um, could
0: you tell us a little bit about how you navigate the use of internet and social media in your home? How do you approach these these media sources?
1: Well, it that is an interesting question. And when you I talked to you about this, I was like, oh my goodness, this is good because these are some of the things that we've really um, have been discussing more lately. Right been coming more to the forefront as our kids are getting a little bit older um it's it's somewhat simpler um when you're they're little little and you can just put on a you know daniel tiger episode and call (laughs) it for the day and that's it right you know what you're getting and um but we have been um navigating more and more they none of them have um as of yet so our oldest is 13 and um we haven't done that but they each have like a tablet um where we have the parental control set that they can't get on the internet without specific permission and you know like oversight but you know they can most of the time they're doing things like listening to music on spotify um listening to audiobooks on an app um or um, my son especially likes to Skype with his cousins and some of his friends. So mm-hmm. they, that's the primary use of them, like, as far as in the day we have had. It's kind of funny how it's evolved because our, like, just household rule has been um, for many years, screen time is at 4 o'clock, and it's from 4 to 5, and that's just one hour of screen time, and that's what you can do as far as you're playing your games or you're watching TV or doing a video game or that technology stuff. And that came about because of desperation, because that's kind of witching hour when they're all little and you're trying to cook mm-hmm. dinner and everybody's crying and <laughs> it's just survival mode. So um, that began at four o'clock because of that specific thing. Everybody's tired. Mm-hmm. Mom's tired. <laughs> I need some help. Um, and I did that with with no guilt at all. <laughs> like <this is> <laughs> sit down. I am deliberately choosing this is our screen time. Um, but now it's it's like a you know don't mess with that that's the screen time this is the god-given right of all humans everywhere to have screen time at four (laughs) o'clock and so we sometimes have to have those discussions but um so that's kind of right now that's sort of what i guess what it looks like in our home Mm -hmm. Um, but nobody has none of the children have any of the social media um platforms and don't have the don't have access like regularly to just um like the scrolling. Um, the other day, one of my, well, my youngest wanted to get on YouTube kids and watch these Harry Potter things that she wanted to see. And so I was like, okay, well, let's look at it. But it is just, it just goes on forever. And then one video stops and the next one comes up. And, you know, it just is kind of just like as of with adults, it just sucks you in. So, um, right. for the most part, they're playing games, or are doing that kind of thing. And we haven't, um, we haven't yet, uh, gotten into the thing of like having your own phone and wanting you know your own social media page and that kind of thing and I I, I don't want to say I will do this or I will not do this because that's definitely an evolving process as we're growing and learning with them and kind of figuring out what things look like but at this point I don't see um I don't see us getting like letting them have like a social media page of their own for many, many years. <laughs> so
0: why, why is that? Could you tell us just a little bit about your thought process or your hesitations, I guess, having, letting your young children have their own social media sites?
1: Yeah, I just, I, I do. I don't think that all social media is negative. I think there's so much that is positive um, on there. And I, Uh, I'm not super active, but have some limited like uh, me personally. I have I'll go and I'll see things and I'll think, oh, that's great or that's encouraging. But even in my own old self, I notice that I fall into the like start comparing and looking at you know, well that looks wow, how do they manage all that Mm. or oh man, they're on vacation again. Good grief or. Mm-hmm. You know, how so pretty, and nice disaster. you know the the right. looking at some you know picture perfect post and comparing my <laughs> in the moment messy looking life to that, and so I think that for children who don't have any sort of <laughs> uh you know they haven't learned that maturity and that um discernment yet I think it's, For me, the risks outweigh the benefits, Um, Hmm. particularly for for social media. Not technology and screens in general. We're not boycotting everything. But um, for social media, I just think that there's too much of, like, you know, they look at something and, oh, that's how I should look. Or
0: what what you said about
1: comparison. Hmm. Compar- the,
0: the, there's a popular saying that goes, comparison is the thief of joy. And I find even in my own social media use, like you are saying, mm-hmm. like, oh wow, that person's home is just so perfect. My home will never look like that. Um, and so yeah, like we'll talk about in a bit, there's a lot of benefits to social media for adults, um, and sometimes for kids, but also there's a, there's a level of, um, discipline that you have to put in place when using it and regulation, even for adults, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you approach like your own personal social media use? Do you use
1: much social media? Yeah, I so I read. Um, there's a book called Digital Minimalism. Um, I, the last name is Newport, the author, but I read that and I was really struck. Um, the The book is great; I would recommend it. But one of the mm-hmm. things that really stuck with me was like. Let's make sure we're putting, I, and I may be butchering this idea, so hopefully you know, I don't get in trouble for that, but <laughs> we're deliberately putting down our, and it was more about technology and screens in general than just social media, but putting this thing away for an hour a day, a day a week, a week a year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that for me, that just that deliberate choice makes all the difference. Like, okay, I'm choosing to look at this for X number of you know, I'm doing this for right now. I'm going to relax. I'm going to scroll through this. That's fine. Um, but I, I get sucked in so easily. So I really have to be kind of strict with myself, um, to be on guard to not just pick up the phone anytime I'm like waiting in a line and not doing anything or, you know, I'm just sitting there waiting on something to happen and I just have a few seconds and it's so natural to just pick it up and all of a sudden you're scrolling, but then it's been more than just a couple of minutes. And so, for me, I, I like the whole, um, hour a day. I usually try to put it just aside from like eight to nine because that's kind of our family time, getting ready for bedtime. Mm-hmm. Um, I am, I will admit this is not something that I do perfectly, but every yeah. now and then <laughs> putting it aside on like a day of the week, depending on what is going on in our life and right. just not, just choosing to not get on that day because it's so quickly get, I so quickly get kind of dependent on just not I, I'm just not thinking about it it's just mindless um right. and then we're my husband and I were actually talking last night about all right when's our screen free week gonna be <laughs> and hmm. we've got to get it on the calendar um and it's something that I'll be honest we kind of dread every year because we yeah. this as well and it feels like oh my goodness this is gonna be such a battle and yeah. honestly the first day or so usually is kind of everybody's detoxing a little bit, but I've noticed with my kids they recover so quickly and then all of a sudden they have this creativity and all of these ideas and things to do and willingness to do them that that just wasn't there before. And it is really remarkable. So uh we're we're coming up on it's time for that pretty soon in our own family. But that's one of the things I do. I do um have like I have Instagram and Facebook um And I will admit to getting sucked into those things, um, but I try to be more just intentional with it. Like I'm choosing to get on right now rather than, oh, it just so happens to pop up and now here I am Mm scrolling.
0: Right. I love that like intentionality with you. Don't let it just Mm -hmm. be this thing that, that takes in for your life. And I love that idea of um, an hour a day, a day a week, a week of, month I don't remember what
1: you said What? tell me again Mm -hmm. yeah so it was an hour a day a day a week and then a week a year a week a year yeah that's a great idea for um
0: Mm -hmm. just kind of I guess reasoning yourself on your social media use because it's it's like you don't realize how much you use it until you force yourself to step away from it um so
1: (laughs) yeah yeah, that's awesome um so
0: there's A huge debate. We've got a little bit into this already, but there's a huge debate about the value of social media and really about the value of Internet um, in itself. The Internet has often been referred to as a double edged sword, meaning, you know, it has a lot of great benefits, but it also comes with many risks. Um, Much of this debate revolves around issues such as how we present ourselves on social media, how it affects our mood and overall well-being and its effect on our social interactions. Um so how does social media affect you positively or negatively as a homemaker?
1: Yeah, I think when I see um when I see posts that are um, just maybe maybe there's transparency there and I think, "Oh, I can really relate to that." Or when there's something um there's so many people who are really blessed with the way of Words and writing things that are very encouraging. So I've often, often been super encouraged through like, not even just, you know, people that I don't know personally, but friends and things that post things that are very encouraging. Like, hey, remember to, you know, whatever it may be, look to the Lord in this. Or here's a funny thing. I tend to be a little more on the serious side and sometimes lean a little more melancholy and have to like, me, <laughs> like, that is more, that's my part of my personality and there's nothing wrong with it. But if I, if I lean too far over, every now and then, like, it's a good thing to laugh at something silly, you know? Yeah. Um, so I think those are things that are really positive. I, I think the most, for me personally, I, it's, you know, spiritual encouragement on different, you know, different pages that I follow, mm-hmm. um, is a, is a good thing. So like I said earlier, that whole comparison, trap for the on the negative side on the swing side um and then just a time sucker just you you know you get on and it's like oh man that was 45 minutes ago yeah and it's just kind of you don't even realize it um so I think that's a big thing for me I'm tired I just want to sit I kind of want to zone out um and there's nothing wrong with that like sometimes (laughs) Just not a lot of the time. You
0: know, that we talked a little bit about social media also affects kids, not just adults. Um, a lot of these studies were conducted on adults. The American Academy of Pediatrics actually kinda of looked into um the risks and benefits of media, um, digital media specifically for kids. Um, and so they published a very valuable article in which they listed some of these risks and benefits, um, and digital media use by kids and teens. And I would definitely recommend for anyone listening to take a look at this article. It was very informative, and I will link it in the show notes below. Um, But some of the benefits that they listed included exposure to new ideas, promotion of community participation, um, help for assignments and projects, and social benefits like allowing family members to stay in touch, um, and even social connection with friends. But they also listed some risks. Um, And some of those risks that they listed were negative impact on sleep, obesity, delays in learning, social pressure, behavior problems or risky behavior, and loss of privacy, which I know is a big conversation in this digital media world right now. Um, So just could you tell us a little bit about what you think about those risks and benefits? Do you agree with this? Um, And do you think that the risks and benefits of digital media use by children balance or does one outweigh the other? So
1: I feel like the risks uh, outweigh first yeah. but I do definitely see the value there. Like I think that as parents we are or should be um hopefully both <laughs> uh, the primary um influence in our children's lives. So I am the one who's supposed to be helping them form a worldview, to help them become critical thinkers, help them be able mm. to learn and think and grow for themselves. So that is, that's my job. Um, mm. But, you know, we're in the middle of the middle school um, stage of life where just naturally, uh, you know, mom and dad aren't quite as smart as they mm. used to be. And maybe I don't value that opinion quite as much. Although I think that, you know, there is definitely value there. I, you know, little pun and cheek there. But at the same time, like a little bit of it is is natural to kind of start to pull away a little bit to try to, I want to think for myself and learn new things. So think other perspectives that don't necessarily um, completely match what we say or think. And, hey, this is a different perspective and this is what they're saying. This is what we think and why can be really good, like, discussion tools. This can really be a good conversation starter for, hey, this is the perspective that's coming from over here. What do you think about that in line? And so I think there can be a lot of value um, there. But for, um, you know, someone whose, their prefrontal cortexes are not developed. <laughs> they do not have the capability to make sound and reasonable so they just, at this time, Um, that they just, that, that impulse control, that, like you said, like it interfering with sleep because I just can't put it down. I mean, I know as adults we do that. Mm-hmm. I should have gone to bed and I didn't because I was watching this you know, like, so if it's hard for me as an adult, I, it has to be harder <laughs> for my child. And so I have to be the one to help support that even when, you know, it might seem a little like, and you're just taking away my time, <laughs> mm. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Are there any specific risks or benefits that you see, um, even just in your own home? Or I know you work in a hospital, so among adults or children, like in the hospital, like these things that are definitely either drawing you away from wanting to use more media, or it's worth it. Hmm. Um. Well, I don't.
1: Let's see. I think one thing that comes to mind for us is um, the music conversation. And this doesn't specifically apply to social media, but just to to like kind of check things in general. Music is yeah. super it's a marvelous thing. It's a gift and right. we you know, it affects us in so many different ways. Um our struggle personally and our family of late, <laughs> then the primary way our kids listen to music is on Spotify through their tablets and mm-hmm. so they have headphones on <laughs> most mm-hmm. of the time and for us that's becoming kind of a like okay we kind got to figure this out like I don't want to say you know I don't want to put necessarily a time limit on how much you can listen to music but I don't want you to just withdraw into the shell of headphones on put up you know everybody else is for out sure. um and not, you know, be interacting with the family. So that's been, and I'll be honest, I don't, I don't have a good, we haven't arrived at a, at a clear,
0: um,
1: answer for our family for that. That's been one of the things that we're kind of in limbo about right now as trying, as far as trying to figure out how to deal with that, like in the most healthy way while respecting, like, okay, yeah, I don't necessarily have to like this, this particular song, but like, let's look at the lyrics and yeah, okay, you can listen to it. But how much do you need to be, like, withdrawn away from right. um, everyone else? So that's right. kind of um, something there. Like, it's, it's funny when you mentioned work. I It's just, you know, half the time you walk into, uh, you know, everybody's on their phone all the time. Like, I was, I was going to see a patient and the, they, they didn't want to talk about what was going on with why they were in the hospital. They just wanted me to plug their charger in to the mm-hmm. outlet. So they just make sure, you know, and it's, mm. I and I get it too. It's it that's not just us but we are so dependent, and um, that is can be kind of all-consuming. <laughs>
0: For sure, yeah. I mean, it touches all of us. Um, so, real quick before we close, do you think do you just have any suggestions or encouragement that you have to offer homemakers and mothers who are seeking to be responsible stewards of the internet in their homes?
1: Hmm. Um. So I think just kind of you know touching back on a little bit on what we've talked about is just to be intentional with it to to use it um on purpose to support our goals and our values rather than it just like you know being something that kind of happens to us. <laughs> so use it uh, purposefully rather than just kind of accepting it passively maybe. Um I think to um it's easy to just Especially with little but even now it's easy to kind of be in that survival mode and oh, it's just easier to let this mm. screen time happen right now. And and there are definite seasons of survival mode. So <laughs> anyone who's don't hear me criticizing that, there are definite seasons. Um but it's a season not like your whole life. <laughs> so just don't live in that um, you know, a oh, little you know, the T V just coming on because I can't I can't cope right now. So kind of dealing with what the underlying thing is, I think, um for me, was really important. And then for me, I just, I am not um naturally very reflective. And so just taking time to really think about what I'm doing and why and reflect back, like, what's working? Where do I see issues beginning to creep up? Um, where do I, you know, okay, after this particular child has watched this particular thing, And then we're dealing with this particular attitude. Are those all connected? (laughs) You know, just Mm. just really taking the time to reflect on um, how we're using these things in our home and where do we see a benefit and where are maybe some issues cropping up that we need to notice. And then just, I want to, I, and this isn't something that I do perfectly well, but I want to just, I want to use it well, to have conversations, to point out, and notice there is beauty in the world and there is kindness and there's bravery. Hey, look at this, this video of just this stunningly beautiful thing, or let's notice how, you know, what a kind thing this person did. And this, you know what I mean? So um, just using, using those kinds of things to prompt conversations or to point out things um, in our family, um, that there is good and there is truth and there is beauty um, and we want to Notice it.
0: Absolutely. Thank you so much. Well, I know that I have, um, really been encouraged just by this discussion with you, Mandy, today. Um, oh. there's a lot of things I will seek to apply to my own life and my own social media use in my homemaking. Um, again, thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Thank really you so much. That.
0: Um, as we leave, I just wanted to leave you all with a quote from Rachel Jankovic, who, um, is a One of my favorite authors, Um, but she is the wife and mother of eight and the author of You Who, Why You Matter and How to Deal With It. In an article published by Desiring God, Rachel writes, quote, Do you have the burden of a million duties on your mind? Ask the Lord to establish the work of your hands. He makes valuable all that is done in him, so ask him to do so with your messy duties. Rejoice in him as you offer yourself as a living sacrifice. A sacrifice that cooks and cleans and blows noses and folds clothes and lays the table and looks after the ways of your household. He is shaping something of great beauty and strength that is far beyond our own capacity to imagine. May God give us all eyes to see it and hearts to imagine it. The end of all our small daily plantings may be a harvest of staggering beauty.